Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to the Randomly Generated History Club, where three non-historians pick a year at random and try to learn things about it. I'm Ant and I'm here with my two friends, Anna and Will. Hello. Bonjour. So, uh, do we have any corrections this week again from last week? We didn't have anything last week. We absolutely must. <laughs> I will say I googled tactical rabbit and was shocked <laughs> at what I found. Really? Uh, Good grief. A, a lot of really adorable rabbits in uh, army fatigues. But um, anyway, I encourage everyone to Google it. It's not okay. weird. Just Google it. Not a correction. Not a correction. Famously. Just putting it out there. Okay, cool. Well, well, this week we're talking about the year 851. And so, as we always do, I'd like each of us to give a three-word preview of what we're discussing today. Anna. My three words would be half-brother, buffer kingdom. Half-brother, buffer kingdom. I am hyphenating half-brother. Still two words. You're hyphenating between two words. Are you hyphenating buffer kingdom? (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to see. (laughs) I don't know that I can accept this, but we shall move on. A A hyphenated word is one word. Is it? Yeah. You Last do that. one, you had like no two episodes ago, you were Martha, Martha, Martha. What was all that about? <laughs> good, good memory. Those were three words. They don't have to be three distinct words. Okay, fine. Anyway, half brother, buffer, kingdom. Look, I don't, I don't mean to be a dick, but you're making a fool out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't abide by the one rule of the three word synopsis, like there's only one rule to this. Anyway, Will, what did you have? Naughty Danish Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a three word yeah, summary I can get behind. Word summary. Mine is Dirty River Treachery. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Onwards. Okay. So I'm going to go first. And what I'm going to do for the year 851, uh, first of all, for our listeners, uh, this might come as a shock, but I did grow up in Ireland. <laughs> I mean, it genuinely might be a shock because it could be. your accent is it's, not... It's mild, I would yeah. say. Oh, hang mild. on. Wait, wait, wait. This is the first insight into co-host oh, segment. Personal, personal segment. Yeah. I am personal also details. a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing, the thing about growing up in Ireland is that you tend to do everything in your power to avoid learning about Irish history, <laughs> uh, which I've been very successful at. Uh, until now, when confronted with the year 851, there wasn't actually that much that I could find that I was interested in. But I did find something about Irish history I wasn't aware of. And this is the death of the Irish kin- king, Cunaid McConaug. Okay. And so there's going to be lots of Irish names throughout this, so hold fast. And imagine way more consonants than you currently are at. <laughs> yes. And if my Irish teacher from my secondary school is listening, I am so sorry. <laughs> So pretty sure he's not. (laughs) I don't know. He loves history. I actually think we could make a blanket apology to all of our history teachers. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, I've already issued one (laughs) years ago. (laughs) This is a different matter. No, they always suspected I knew nothing. So this is just making it self-evident. 
So first of all, I think we should get a sense of what Ireland was like at this time. It was a fractured, lots of kingdoms, uh, sort of clans, uh, roughly in the same lines of the provinces today of the four provinces, but much more fractured than that. And and there was one powerful province that doesn't exist now called Meda, which is modern day Dublin and Meath, um, of which Kinaid was was there and was one of the kings. Uh, he was of the Noth dynasty and he was the king of Breda, which was this you know centre of power within this sort of province. Um, and he, his family and his branch of the family was part of a branch called the Schli Nieda Schlana, which goes back to the old kings of Ireland four hundred years ago. Um, so there's basically 400 years of lineage that fractured throughout the sons of this line- uh, this dynasty, and there's different various people claiming power. Okay, to stop right. Mm-hmm. If you're trolling us, I'm I just going to make you- up pronunciations throughout this. So I, promise, because, okay. I promise. Next Schle- week, our connect our corrections is going to be. <laughs> no, I, I promise you, this is exactly correct as far as I know. Okay, right. okay. Uh, I did study Irish as well, so uh, for years, so I do actually know how to speak it, uh, and can find a toilet anywhere. In Ireland. (laughs) Or a library. I mean, Um, it sounds very legit. It is super legit. Thank you. Um, So this dynasty goes back 400 years ago, and it's led to this extremely dominant branch of this this family called the E-Neils, which is of the Neils, that O'Neils in today's parlance. Uh, This dynasty who are ferocious and controlled most of the country in the north and the south, of which Mida is, you know, smack dab in the middle of it. Um... But what's really interesting about this time, which I actually didn't appreciate until doing some research, is that the Vikings were very much entrenched and present in Ireland. Hmm. Um, so previously, in the years before that, they had, you know, and, they, and subsequently after this, they still kept it up, is they had come along to the coast, they raided the rivers, uh, the towns, the, you know, and uh, and the freestanding towers that the monks used to retreat into called the Round Towers. They used to smoke them out and take all the riches and that kind of stuff. And then they'd retreat back to wherever they came from and they would, uh, you, you know, bring the profits there. But they actually had settled in Ireland as well. And a lot of Vikings, famous Vikings, as you'll discover later on, were actually born in Ireland as well. Hmm. They were still consider themselves Vikings. Um, so they established these settlements, one of which is very famous is Wexford in Dublin. They established. And Kinaid had actually allied himself to, to the Vikings in the Midlands because he saw they were surrounded by these enemies and he wanted to tamp down some of these other people claiming the, the land and the, and the thrones around there. And so uh, it was said that he was very active with the Vikings and they plundered... Uh, the O'Neills from the Shannon to the sea is the kind of quote. So oh. the O'Neill clan, they, they basically just pillaged everything, including burning churches, uh, early sort of Christian churches. And some of his rivals uh, included Tagernock, t- t- and more importantly, a character called Male Shankill, who is the overking of the Southern O'Neills. Oh, the overking is a very over-king. good title. And he was regarded as the most powerful ruler in Ireland. So one of the mistakes, and this is subsequently, one of the mistakes is that Kinaid decided to burn a Cranogue in Loch Gower. Hang on, uh, sorry. A Cranogue. Yes, a Cranogue. Is that an animal? <laughs> a Cranogue is not an animal. But what it is is an old Irish fort okay. that is built in a lake and it's an artificial island that's created. Oh. And then you have fortified um, timber encampment on it. And then you have a narrow bridge or maybe even underwater bridge or uh, tunnel to get to it. Cool. And it's fortified and so you can cut it off from the mainland. Um, and that's a Cranogue and it's normally the centrepiece of your your your. your strategic defense and so he he burned one of these of of mail um so this was a bad idea because because <laughs> <laughs> one year later as the shenanigans were kicking off and you know lots of back and forth from this um uh 
they decided to call this council and they gave, you know, this conference of leaders came along to sort out and try to make a peace. And they gave loads of uh, assurances and guarantees that everyone's going to be safe. So Kinaid w- went along and he was uh, summarily, treacherously executed oh. by mail. So was oh, stabbed in the back. It's a real red wedding moment. Um, <laughs> oh, ding, ding, ding. There's today's Game of Thrones <laughs> Game of Thrones, yeah, if you're for our listeners We've at home. got it. Fill in your bingo card. Um, and uh, yeah, he was executed by, by mail. Um, definitely to the chagrin of the early Christian church representative there who had sort of s- sealed the promise of, you know, being safe in this treaty. Uh, and he was drowned in a dirty river, oh. is what the historical references says. The fact says. that it's dirty too. Right? Yes. They'd have to spend a long time looking for like a really dirty river. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Especially at that time, there's not that much pollution, right? Yeah, right. What's it dirty with? Just, uh, just well, Cranog excrement. Just Cranog excrement. There must be a lot of excrement if you're like on an island. There's no irrigation yeah, fair, and stuff. Fair, yeah. Alan, how dirty is that river? It's <laughs> oh, pretty clean, actually. <laughs> right. Move on. Next on to the one. next one. How far is it? 46 miles. <laughs> Okay, we did say it'd be dirty. Historians did actually struggle to find for a very long time where it could have been. And they had to triangulate it and just work it out through some various records and like really old um, uh, writings. Um, the sort of, you know, the tales of Ireland. And it turned out to be the River Nanny in County Meath. Made that oh. So the River Nanny, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I Which, had a River Nanny growing up. <laughs> river oh, Nanny. Oh yeah, you mentioned this before. This <laughs> yeah. is from your time as River Child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I was the over king the barge. of the river. Yeah. The Blue River. Because well, you used to hold up passing narrow boats, didn't you? I did. She I used did. To if there's one thing I can't abide, it's a narrow boat. You like? I like them wide. You like your boats. boats? Yeah, girthy, thick boat. <laughs> and she shared the same view. She did. Yeah. Oh, well, old river nanny. Old river nanny. Oh god. Oh god. Well, anyway. King Kinaid, that's the end of his story there. He died. Um, but his successor, his brother was called Flan, and his daughter married a very famous Viking king, as they were allies, uh, called Amlabe or Sexy. Amlib. Um, he was titled in Ireland as King of the Foreigners. And him and his descendants for hundreds of years basically ruled the Irish Seas, terrorised everyone uh, and pillaged as they like. Um, some scholars, there's some debate on this, but they actually think that Amlaid and Olaf the White are the same person in history. So you may have heard of Olaf the White okay. as yeah. a famous Viking uh, king. Reindeer, wasn't he? Uh, sing, I'm sorry. <laughs> Olaf the White. <laughs> the reindeer from Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> no, is he the, is he the oh, snowman? He's a snowman. Olaf's oh, oh, a snowman. Wow, yeah. racist. Who's the reindeer? Uh, Sven. Sven. I've not seen oh, this movie, Sven. I'm afraid. You haven't seen Frozen? Excuse I've me. I've not seen Frozen. Oh my God, I'm my, too... my river nanny is rolling in her grave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to bring this mildly back to the topic of history, um, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Amelaide was the king of Dublin and wildly powerful. Um, so when they, uh, they when they married, he took up the battle of fighting male some more, but he did have some trouble with. Hang on, can we just can yeah. we just circle back a little bit? Yes. The ba- the fighting males. Did you? No, say? no, 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 no. <laughs> fighting of- male. So M A M A E L, who was the one that treacherously drowned. Right. Uh, it is oh, ambiguous. Okay. okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I should be I very like, clear. Oh, the battle of fighting um, males. There was some trouble with his legitimacy to the to the to the sort of her- inheritance and his status when uh, his own brother questioned. One, did his wife exist? Oh. <laughs> and two, if she did exist, was she even the daughter of Kinaid? Um, so it completely called into his uh, question, his <laughs> claim of allegiance and you know legitimacy to you know round up more troops to go fight. Um, and so he did what he had to do, and he killed his own brother. Oh uh, my god! Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's still unclear to this day. The historical record is not sure if one she existed or two it was actually her that he married. It's um, a really solid burn to ask someone if their wife exists. <laughs> Does your wife even exist? Yeah. No, she does. She's just abroad. She's yeah. on holiday all the time. Anyway, 
uh, I guess, long story short, Irish history, pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I've learned. <laughs> a lot of murder and dirty <laughs> a lot of, rivers. A lot of dirty rivers. Um, this is all set pre-Norman invasion time, because once okay. the Normans show up, they just, it's a total just shit show of dominance. They yeah. basically just sweep across the land. And all these kingdoms and spats and kings and all this historical stuff was completely put to rest with just... Uh, judicious application of superior military might. Um, mm. uh, and then Beautiful. that actually paved the way for subsequent, you know, British rule throughout the years then as well. So this is all prior to that. And um, yeah, fascinating cool. stuff. It is cool. I had no, actually no idea that the Irish and the Vikings were so N- neither did I. tied together. Yeah, well, they might not have been. We're not sure. Oh, it's true. <laughs> actually, she might have existed. Some lady might not have existed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Classic. Well, that's my segment. What about who's next? Cool. Okay, so I don't know what happened to me last week. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can only apologise for losing my sense of self yep. and my judgement <laughs> and my mind. Yeah. Uh, but this week I'm back and I'm back to a British king winning a battle. Excellent. In England. Excellent. The way it should be. Yay! <laughs> He's and back. And this time it's against those sneaky, sneaky Danish Vikings. Oh, Ooh, more Vikings. More Vikings. Amazing. And it's called the Battle of Aklia, or Ackley, depending on where, what we're going to go with that. Let's go with Ackley. Ackley is sounds to good. Say, yeah. Which means oak field, oh, probably. Okay. Good. And uh, the king at the time is a really cool dude called King Ethelwolf. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That's a good name. Ethelwolf the Overking. Yeah, he was, uh, so Ethelwolf, or alternatively, Noble Wolf. Oh, that's that's going to be my gamer tag. <laughs> With a zero <laughs> With a instead zero, of the yeah, yeah. Noble no- Wolf. Noble Wolf, King of Wessex. That and last bar's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's a pretty interesting regal dude. And uh, it turns out he did a bunch of stuff you wouldn't really think that a British king of that time would get up to. So I will tell you some of those things. The first one was that he went on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Which and, and I, I think I think people I don't really shocked. think that a kings going on holiday yeah. because and I think people yeah. of our generation maybe we think of people going on holidays like in the UK it's maybe like a Victorian thing when trains mm. were around yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. get to the seaside yeah take the uh, fresh air I don't know about the states when that was maybe it's a similar kind of thing maybe it's trains we actually to... still don't have holidays <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so true yeah, we haven't our capitalism doesn't allow them yeah you yes. just gotta keep yeah. spending yeah. Yeah, yeah, evil exactly. evil time of yeah uh, but you don't really think of people in the 800s going on holiday I think also what's that king at that time taking time off from because he's just being luxurious the whole time he's just going vegan for a bit or something no he had a bunch of wars oh <laughs> okay here we okay, go okay yeah right. let's go <laughs> so uh, okay well i, I i'm slightly e- exaggerating when i say holiday others might call it a pilgrimage <laughs> <laughs> guess where to oh my god um, anna first i'm gonna go bear Seychelles. in mind 851 Ooh, uh, i'm gonna say <laughs> i'm gonna stick with Seychelles. Okay, jerusalem and- Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Both wrong. It's Rome. Really boring. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, but he then spent a year in Rome. And again, I don't think I don't really think of British kings at the time going really mm. leaving the country. I no, always think sure, of them yeah. sort of just fighting the next door tribe. Yeah, and I don't yeah, really yeah. think of them as inter- having international connections anyway. So he he went off to Rome, went there for his on a pilgrimage, stayed there for a year, and left his son in charge. Wow. And uh, he also later on in his rule gave a decimation. So he gave like a tenth of all his property and. Uh, wealth to his people mm. uh, and he, he gave, and he had a pretty good record of giving out this money and being reasonably, reasonably generous. That's can, nice. Can I just say one thing, Will? Please. If you ever call me up and say, hey, aunt, grab your bags, 
get your passport. We're going on a surprise holiday. And I end up on a fucking pilgrimage. I'm going to be so unimpressed. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, Will, that if you ever wanted to take me on a surprise holiday to Rome, I'd be down. So pick one of us. Let's go. (laughs) Please mail in who Will should take on holiday with him. (laughs) We should create a tier on Patreon that gets people a holiday to Rome. (laughs) With you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. Do not donate to that. (laughs) And the other thing he did, which I find quite interesting, is that on the way back from Rome, he then married Judith, who, and Judith is a person, I'll explain, I'll explain who Judith is, and Judith is uh, the daughter of the king of the West uh, Frankish at the time, called Charles the Bold. Charles uh, the Bold. Classic. But again, I, I wouldn't really have thought of kings at that time marrying... People named Judith. Yeah, but, you know, into foreign royal families in this way. You know, I I would have thought that'd be like a post-Norman thing. I hadn't really thought about it before. So it kind of surprised me. Yeah. And then, okay, right. So onto the battle itself, this Battle of Aclia. So this, what do we know about the battle? We don't know much, which really annoys me because (laughs) uh, I love, I do love the details. You don't know how the flanking was done. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no pricking, uh, no pricking information available. So all, so all, all we really know is that it was a battle between uh, the West Saxons, so Ethelwulf, King of Wessex, West Saxons, versus the Danish Vikings, and it was in some unknown location in Surrey. But we do have one important source of information, which is the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, uh, which recorded the following things. So first thing, three, three and a half hundred ships. Three and a half. Three and a half hundred, hundred ships. ships. Not yes. 300 and a half or 300 half ships. No, I think it's 300 ships and then one, one little half, half ship. One half. <laughs> 300 <laughs> ships and a little sloop. <laughs> <laughs> so they came, in, came into the mouth of the Thames and stormed Canterbury and London and put to flight Beartwolf, King of Mercia, with his army. Oh, Beartwolf. Daring stuff, though. Just sailing right up the Thames and burning and looting. Why was the King of Mercia there? Went. Well, I think he was trying to defend the place. Okay, fine. That yeah, makes sense. Kind of his territory. Not very well. Yeah. And then went south over the Thames into Surrey and King Ethelwulf and his son Ethelbold with the West Saxon army fought against him at Aclia and there made the greatest slaughter of, he- of a heathen raiding army that we have heard tell of up to the present day and there took the victory. Oh. And that's the that is it. Those are the details of the battle. Okay, okay, no more details. There are no more details. Okay, well. <laughs> well, slaughter. Check. And yeah, and um we think it was in Ockley Common, which is a place in Surrey, but we don't really know. Yeah. But well done him for slaughtering those naughty, naughty Danish Vikings. Nice. Yeah, but there was a there was a chronicle, so there was like an actual like a newspaper of the time, and that's all they wrote. So, like, do you have that ep- well, edition? Well, because there'd been some sort of, like, celebrity marriage oh, that took up the first few yeah, pages yeah, of yeah, the yeah, newspaper. Yeah. So it was like, battle is relegated to the sort of travel section. Is it like an expose of section. what Judith wore? Yeah, it was the exactly. latest thing that Kardashian Wolf had done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fine, <laughs> Judith fine. and Kardashian Wolf wore the same thing. And by thing. the way, there was some bloody war, but whatever. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fine. There you go. Ah, shenanigans. Shenanigans of the Vikings. Ethelwolf. Ethel Wolf and his shenanigans. Ethel Wolf and his shenanigans. Um, Who's next? uh, I think I'm next. Uh, Ethel Wolf. My people do not have quite as good names, but we'll get there. Uh, So some context. The Iberian Peninsula, Spain and Portugal, and its history is for me what Britain is for Will. Uh, If I had my way, I'd talk about it every week. And yet, somehow, I've restrained myself. You have not one mention. I know. So uh, 
this is maybe the start of many, but uh, here's a little bit of context for you, uh, just to set the sort of geographic boundaries here. In 756, most of the Iberian Peninsula is unified into the Umayyad Emirate, which is centered in Cordoba in southern Spain. Uh, so that's Muslim rulers here in Cordoba. And then on the other side of the Pyrenees is the Carolingian Empire, or oh. Carolinian. I actually don't know if the G is pronounced. Uh, that's most of France and Germany, and that was established in the year 800 with the coronation of Charlemagne. So you've got these two massive empires that are separated by the Pyrenees Mountains. The Kingdom of Pamplona, the city of Pamplona at this point really, stands between them. It's in the north of Spain. It's in the border regions of the mountains. Uh, later, it would be called the Kingdom of Navarre. But for a long time, it exists as a sort of buffer between these two large empires. One of the empires is Christian. One is Muslim. Pamplona is in the middle. They both try to use it to their end in various ways. The area was originally inhabited by the Vascones, this pre-Roman tribe that later came to be called the Basques. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. where that's that comes from. And uh, they were kind of adopted in a bad way by these empires over time. They're kind of this football that's, that's kind of kicked between these two empires. Uh, when the Umayyads came up to exploit the power vacuum in the Iberian Peninsula and establish their emirate, the Basques in Pamplona made a pact with them that made them politically and militarily subject to the emirate in Cordoba, but still gave them a good deal of autonomy. Uh, so that's kind of the situation that we're in around 800. Um, I've written here, the Franks did some shenanigans that pissed <laughs> off the people. <laughs> have you so I have really written that. A lot of shenanigans <laughs> happening this week. A lot of shenanigans. Um, and, you know, maybe in future year I'll talk about what those shenanigans were. But the the short end of it is that in 824, a Basque chieftain named... Inigo Arista took power. And yes, as I was doing this research, I did say a million times, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepared to die. Um, but, but it also sounds like something someone working on the door of a club says. <laughs> Inigo? Inigo. Yeah, that's pretty good. Inigo. Okay, that's, what, that's how we're going to pronounce it from here on out, because I'm actually not sure how it's technically pronounced. Uh, anyway, Inigo becomes the first king of Pamplona. And just a cool fact, his second name, Arista or Arista, comes from either the Basque word meaning oak or the resilient or mm. a Latin word meaning the considerable. And I think Inigo the considerable is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We've had a lot of really good names today. Yeah, For anyone working in tech, we'll know that Aristas make very good network switches as mm. well, which I can't believe they do. For anybody who cares about 90s R&B, you'll know that Arista Records, very great, brought us the likes of Mariah Carey. That's Baby much Chase. cooler than my fight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, Pamplona, the kingdom of Pamplona, is allowed to remain Christian and just has to pay tax to the emirate. But Inigo and his kingdom were always treated like second-class citizens because of this, as opposed to if they had con converted to Islam. And so that's partly why they kind of exist in a bit of tension with the emirate. Uh, they're an important kingdom because of the buffer they provide, but they also want freedom in their own right. Um, and Inigo very intelligently uh, continually plays Muslims and Christians against each other to main, maintain independence or relative independence against these outside powers. 
Uh, now I want to introduce the other guy in the story, and his name is Musa ibn Musa al-Kasawi. Does that sound like something someone would say at the door of a club? That <laughs> <laughs> would confuse me. <laughs> um, so Musa ibn Musa is the head of the Banu Qasi, which is a dynasty that was south of Pamplona and ruled this sort of frontier area at the northernmost edges of the Umayyad Emirate. So uh, the Banu Qasi are ruling this semi-autonomous region, and he's got Pamplona just to the north of him. Cordoba has too much going on to really get a hold of this region, and Musa ibn Musa is gradually getting more and more power. And a cool thing is that Musa and Inigo were half brothers. Okay. Yeah, they had the same mother. Brothers from a same mother. mother. Brothers from, the, from a mother. Brothers from a mother. <laughs> As the saying How goes. How unusual. <laughs> um, so in 840, Inigo, I can't believe I'm saying it. There is no way that's how his name is pronounced, but it's so good. Can you do uh, it with more of a London accent, Inigo? Inigo. Inigo. And now with a London accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In 840, Inigo's lands are attacked by the emirate and Inigo and Musa go into open rebellion against Cordoba. Cordoba, unsurprisingly, fights back. Uh, a few years later, in 843, Inigo and Musa's other brother is killed. Inigo his, himself is wounded, and Musa is unhorsed. Unhor <laughs> I probably should have done that in <laughs> the, the opposite order. Yeah, in terms of priority. <laughs> yeah. And he was unhorsed, yeah. so the wor worse than the death of the others. Worse than the death. <laughs> he lost his horse. To be unhorsed, does that mean that he had a horse, he lost it, in a game of chance <laughs> to other regal figures? Yeah. Or does it mean he was on the horse and, and fell off the horse? You know what it actually means in this time? And this is a little known fact about history. Horses in this era acted like the animals in Avatar, where you had to make a bond yes. with them. So he lost, he broke. <laughs> he broke, he broke the bond. We have lost anyone born uh. after 1994, I think, at this stage. Silo was sundered sequels. and that was that. That was that. So Musa loses his horse. Inigo is wounded. The other brother, unnamed, is killed. <laughs> um, and to make matters worse, I mean, apart from the abject terror of losing your horse, yeah. lots of their noblemen actually defected to the emirate. Because uh, nice. they, had, they had his horse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, well, I'm going to follow the horse. <laughs> Maybe the horse is in charge. <laughs> so uh, things are not looking great, but Inigo and Musa keep fighting. And then the next year, Inigo's son and Musa's son both defect to the emirate, which Ooh, is, that I don't is know. a slap in the face. Bad parenting or really bad childing. I would be so, if I was that father, you know what I'd say? I'd say, out you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, move, sir. Oh, is that anything? That's <laughs> bad. Okay. I think that's understandable though there's something very authoritative about someone on a horse <laughs> and if, you, <laughs> if you've been if you've been unhorsed yeah. because silo's been sundered yeah. yeah then i really don't think i could follow such a person i, I don't think yeah. i could either I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with the sons here. i think it's i think it's safe to assume that the emir of cordoba had all the horses and and that's just the way it goes <laughs> so musa submits for a time he sees he's lost his son he's lost a bunch of his noblemen he's lost his horse um <laughs> but inigo keeps fighting 
Um, there's a brief peace, but then in 850, Musa launches another rebellion. Inigo has just kept rebelling the whole time. On you go. On, on you go. <laughs> up he goes. Uh, now, I know what you're wondering. What actually happened in 851? Oh, yeah, yep. I'd actually forgot yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, completely <laughs> lost the run of this. Yeah. Well, what happened that, in 851? The answer is, Inigo dies. <laughs> <laughs> good enough for me. That's good. That is a good enough connection. Yeah. So uh, he'd had a long illness and he died of that illness, uh, but he was fighting until the end and he is succeeded by his son, Garcia Inigo. In you went. <laughs> in you went. Oh my god. In you guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, that year, the Emir of Cordoba dies as well, and with that sort of power vacuum, Musa ibn Musa solidifies control over his own lands. He makes mm. friends with the new Emir, who gives him an official role, names him the governor of a region in the Emirate, uh, and eventually Musa gains enough power that he basically rivals the Emir himself, and he's known as the third king of Spain. Do not mm-hmm. ask me who the second king was. <laughs> uh, the horse. The, yeah, the horse. Uh, there are lots of twists and turns after that, but uh, we will have to cover that in future years. But that is just a little tale of the founder of the kingdom of Pamplona and Musa ibn Musa of the Banu Kasi. That's fascinating stuff. I've learned a lot there. About yeah. horses. And I, I, I learned a lot about the preceding horses. events of the year 851 <laughs> yeah. and then one small thing about the year yeah. 851. Well, no, one told, no one put a limit on how early I could go. <laughs> does, this, does that qualify? I mean, if we proceed in this way, we're really saying that in order to qualify for the year, you just need to do loads of things and then stop doing things in the year yeah. question. Yeah, I think you either need to start stop or continue doing things <laughs> in, in that the year, year yeah, yeah. In yeah, we maybe, shouldn't restrict ourselves actually, yeah. maybe if people have strong opinions about this should we ban births and deaths of people yeah. in the year please I write would, in I think we should not put that limit on ourselves oh, oh no they can write in I'm not saying we're going to listen to them oh. but we should we yeah. should write in it's not oh, a democracy here if you have here. strong opinions oh, we yeah, encourage yeah. you to write Kretel in Kretel will be right back on the line Kretel will be right back <laughs> in absolutely um, what, what email address should they write into randomly generated history at gmail.com. Amazing. Is that right? That sounds right to me. Or there's a website or tweet us. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. Well, that's it. That's the year 851. Well, thank you for joining us again. Uh, That's everything you could ever possibly need to know about the year 851. If you have questions or comments, find us on Twitter. And you can also go on our website at randomlygeneratedhistory.com and you can contact us there directly. And that means it's everyone's favourite moment of the podcast. <laughs> it's time to choose our next year. So, Will, can you please boot up the random number generator? Yes, I can. I'll just get it out of its special random number generator box. <laughs> <laughs> the oxygen-rich environment it lives in. Yeah. <laughs> and crank the handle. <laughs> okay, it's up and running. And the year is... Okay. 1902. Ooh, 1902. 1902. That's a great year. Oh, that's great. That's amazing. That's actually contemporary. That's pretty contemporary. There's going to be loads going on there. There's going to be loads. We're all so on. excited. I just, I am so, so sick of religion dominating everything. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. you're not. Uh, well, okay, I'm pretty excited about it. But how do I tr- draw this back to the Medici's? Is what I'm really, <laughs> oh, really they concerned were, about. You know they were in the mix. Oh, they were middle. Them and. President McKinley, they were all up in the mix. <laughs> McKinley was actually a Medici. 
<laughs> yeah, you can't spell McKinley D without Medici. Oh, yeah, and we're quite close to the year of the founding of the club in 1896. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's you true. Can we read should... more about that on Are the we going to cover off secret yeah. histories? Uh, I don't think we can talk about the founding that's of the bonus club. bonus episode material. Bonus episode material, definitely, yeah, for sure. Right, well, there you are. Next time, it'll be the year 1902. 1902, looking forward to it. Bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.